Hey, hey, I'm stoked you're listening in. This is TJ Murphy, and welcome to another episode of Adventurous Entrepreneurs. My guest today is Shashank Tavari. Shashank is a passionate disruptor who started his career with algorithmic systems on Wall Street before transitioning to building Silicon Valley startups. He is a product engineer and leader who has built highly scalable systems while managing high-performing teams at companies like Nutanix, Elementum, Medallia, Stackrocks, and General Electric. He's currently working on his own startup, though, Uno AI, whose mission is to build an autonomous cybersecurity platform. Just a few of the golden takeaways Shashank shares in this episode are the future of cybersecurity, how to create consistent action in your life, appreciating the journey, and the value of deep learning and fostering meaningful personal connections. So without further ado, this is me and Shashank Tavari. Welcome to the Adventurous Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm your host, TJ Murphy. Since quitting my corporate nine to five and starting a business while backpacking through Asia back in early 2017, I've had the privilege of learning from some incredibly adventurous entrepreneurs. Through these conversations and my own journey, I've learned that much like in life, entrepreneurship is an adventure. On this podcast, I explore the journeys of top performing leaders in their fields. These wide ranging conversations include tactical business advice, how I built this insights, lessons in leadership, life hacks, travel stories, favorite hobbies, and insights into living a purposeful and joy-filled life. Adventures await us, so let's dive in. Hey, Shashank, welcome to Adventurous Entrepreneurs. Well, hey, TJ, thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, really excited and happy to be here. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited too. I appreciate you being here and looking forward to getting into your story a little bit. So, you know, from Wall Street to, to Silicon Valley, you've been involved in some incredibly disruptive projects and, and companies over the years. So I'm excited to talk about how you found success, not only in business, but life at large. And before we dive into that, though, I do always like to kind of set the stage. So can we get a bit of background on your journey and the story, at least a bit of it, leading up to you becoming the adventurous entrepreneur you are today? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, once again, thank you and very happy to share my story and, you know, the experiences that I've collected along the way. Um, by way of background, you know, essentially being now two decades plus in the industry, uh, went to school to study math. There was an aspirational goal at some point in time, I actually wanted to become a math professor. And uh, oh, wow. interesting as that may sound, that didn't pan out. In hindsight, that was probably a good thing. It didn't pan out. Yeah. Because it then led me on to these newer adventures that I hadn't really conceived back when I was much younger. Um, I think the way I think about it, my own uh, experiences and my own background, that I think I am somebody who just enjoys learning and exploring. And I think that has really worked well for me. So it has taken me down paths that weren't necessarily well-defined or something that I had conceived uh, you know, way up ahead in, in time. Uh, but I let sort of life evolve. I, I let life kind of happen in some sense. And as it was unfolding, of course, you know, I was working hard and learning and working with some incredibly great people and learning from them and just enjoying the journey, right? So I think that's really the gist of it. Now, of course, when you break it down, uh, there would be specific events and stories, whether they unfolded on Wall Street or in Silicon Valley now and, you know, personal and professional that certainly seemed like they were interesting, adventurous, uh, successful, or fun. Uh, but I think like at that point in time, when it was unfolding, it was yet another experience, right? And not every experience, of course, exactly unfolded that way, right? People, of course, get to hear only part of the story. Um, but it's just really been a long journey of, you know, various fun things. Today, where I stand, though, just to kind of, by way of introduction, I see myself in a sort of, you know, a dual hat. You know, I'm an entrepreneur. I run a company of my own, Deep Tech. Very excited about that. And we'll perhaps touch upon it and talk about it, you know, yeah, in this episode. Uh, but I also see myself more and more as I sort of, uh, you know, having gone through my own journeys as a community member, as somebody who likes to get involved, you know, help others, learn from others, be a part of the system. Uh, by being part of that ecosystem and contributing back, right? So you also see me wearing a lot of hats along being a mentor where applicable, being a volunteer where applicable, 
being just a friend sometimes, you know, sometimes I do end up playing some structured roles like being an investor or early advisor, you know, in terms of corporate setups. And in some cases, I just get involved because I think that I can add some value, right? And I also kind of benefit out of it just being part of those interesting corporate, social, you know, personal adventures that people go through. So I'm kind of wear that dual hat and I try to balance between them. You know, there's intense work-related pieces, but also I do like to consciously make time to do things from a social standpoint, from a community standpoint. Yeah. And I love that you touched on, on the community, like we were talking about before we started recording this, you know, for me, it wasn't until I really found my tribe and, and built community and really leaned into the fact of, of that's where I get the most joy and and the most value is not only having a community around me, but being of service to my community, both locally, online, through this podcast, through the various online networking groups that I'm a part of within my company at at Height Digital. The community aspect is, is really what it's all about. And that's where you're going to find the driving force that can lead you down some pretty amazing adventures. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I mean, I could, I could just echo that a bit more because, uh, you know, honestly, I think that in, in terms of media and society at large over the years, there's this portrayal of superheroes, if you may, or people just going at it alone and sort of conquering what they wanted to achieve, you know, getting it done. But when you translate that back to real life, the reality is really more of a team-based community-based effort. It's rarely the case where people are going solo and, you know, just uh, going towards their goal, whatever goal that they have, right? Professional, yeah. personal goals. There are usually multiple people involved, right? They would be your 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 partner, your your parents, your friends, uh, your neighbors. You know, they all have a part to play. And then, similarly, your professional network. You know, people that you work with closely in person, people online, mentors, friends. Um, and some that you don't even sometimes even formally recognize, but you know they have either taught you a lesson or given you a little tip or made you think in a certain direction that ultimately in the long run, I think impacts our day-to-day thinking, decision-making, the adventures that we take on and how we, how we sort of, you know, perform in those adventures, if you may, or what we get out of it. So that's certainly like community plays a massive part. And I think oftentimes we forget to mention that actively. And I'm, I'm so glad that you're also talking about it. I think community and people is a very important part of any entrepreneur's life for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And just life in general. Humans are creatures of community. We we rely on those social constructs, the relationships that we have to to really thrive and survive. So I'm, I'm glad we're talking about it too. But let's bring things forward to what you're focused on today. So we're here January of 2023. What has your focus right now and, and what are you working on? Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, it's another new year. So, uh, you know, it's exciting time. In some sense, a new year is also a marker that for all of us reminds that this is the beginning of yet another journey or part of phase of the journey. And, you know, let's go at it. So uh, we've been on this, you know, I'm currently um, co-founder CEO of a company called Uno.ai. We have taken on a very ambitious project at hand wanting to build essentially an expert system, an intelligent machine, if you may, uh, for the realm of cybersecurity. So where we are coming at it is, and very differently from a bunch of the other companies that are out there, is that we don't want to build yet another tool, but we want to build a smart security analyst, right? Like basically the brain behind it and the expert system behind it. Uh, So in order to build that, you know, it's been an adventure both ways, right? It's very challenging. There are a lot of very interesting sort of problems to solve. And there's also the company building process, right? Of putting the company together, making the right hires, you know, getting the right investors, customers on board, you know, and just iterating through it. So we started back late 2021 and it's been about a year. And I think that the last year, 2022, despite all the macro sort of roller coasters going on, actually worked out very well for us. We really stayed focused. You know, we were able to get a lot of good things going, right? From product development to team growth to attracting good talent to getting the right investors on board to, you know, good customers by our side. So all of those things have worked for us. But as it happens with every entrepreneurial journey, you know, that's like the phase one. That's the first base camp, if you may, in a very long climb to the peak. Uh, if there is a peak, right? So there's always a long climb nonetheless. And so I think like for now in 2023, January, the way we look at it is that we've had a great successful sort of first 
you know, first victory or first lap, but that's barely the baby steps in, in the long sort of journey ahead. So I think we've got to have our heads down again, have some clear goals. And for us this year, it is a lot more about customer enablement. It's a lot more about building the deeper features out that our customers are excited about. It's also about team growth. And it's also about, you know, really kind of company building process, right? Because the company building process is also an ongoing iterative process. You build the initial team, then you bring on the next set of leaders. And, you know, you kind of, you know, structure it in a way that it can become uh, a machine that self-sustains, grows, and, you know, becomes a fun place for everyone to grow and enrich their skills and do good stuff. So 2023 is really all about that. It's a lot about just continuing that, but going deeper, going stronger, and uh, having fun also, right, as a part of that whole process. Yeah, absolutely. And and cybersecurity is a very important topic right now and will only continue to become more and more important as time goes on. Who are the ideal users of, of Uno AI once it's you know fully rolled out and, and, and ready to roll? Yeah, so we sell to enterprises. We sell to, yeah. you know, essentially businesses. Uh, just going back a little bit to your, uh, you know, sort of comment that you made on cyber is increasingly more important. Well, very much so. And I think that the reality, which has been unfolding over the last few years and, you know, just accelerating, if you may, is that every business is becoming a digital business, right? And the digital transformation is happening at, you know, at, at breakneck speed. What that really means is that almost every business, whether it's financial technology, banking, healthcare service delivery, whether it's your you know government services, whether it's uh, any kind of other applications that you need either for your personal use or for your business use, to education, to just about every segment is going to become more and more digital. Either it'll become 100% digital on its own or digital will play a very large part. Even if there's an in-person brick and mortar part of that story, for example, that's just arbitrary pickup healthcare education, which still are delivered very much in person, there will still be a very large component in both of these that would become digital, right? In terms yeah. of digital records, you know, virtual visits, virtual classrooms, you know, and so on and so forth, right? And so whenever you're talking about these digital experiences, we are talking about a lot of data a lot of valuable information, a lot of valuable transactions that is really happening online, right? It's not happening in the real world, it's happening online. And as it so happens, you know, from, from the adversarial viewpoint, from really the malicious mind, it's like the bigger part of gold now to go after, right? Yeah. And so you're going to see a lot more increase in the types and sophistication of cyber attacks. It's already happening. There's just plenty of those and they make news every day. But I think like that's going to become bigger and bigger and bigger, unfortunately. And so from our standpoint, if you really look at the broad market, I think every business that becomes a digital business is ultimately a potential customer of ours, right? Like sort of in a very broad brush. Now, having said that, you know, when you are a when you are a startup and you're building a product, you obviously tend to be more opinionated because, you know, being a small company, you can't just be everything to everybody. Because in reality, if you try to become everything to everybody, you are no one to everybody, because then yeah. you don't have a very clear distinction of what exactly is your value proposition. So for us today, you know, we are very focused on a certain segment. We are very focused on those that are extremely digital focused. For example, you know, online SaaS businesses, online banking, um, you know, digital health, um, digital public services, any kind of e-commerce, right? Like all of these make great customers for us. Uh, we focus a lot on a certain size, at least, because even today, although, you know, the cyber sort of vector has become much broader, I think the appreciation for it and the dollars being spent behind it is still in the mid to higher enterprises, not so much in the smaller companies. Uh, not because they don't want to do it, but sometimes they don't have a complete understanding or they don't have the budgets to be spent there until it's like super, super critical and which will happen over a period of time. But, you know, it's a little further down. Uh, so we, by design, tend to focus more on mid-market upwards, so mid-market and the enterprise. Yep. And so I think any company like that, you know, whether it's a online brokerage or in financial services, digital healthcare, uh, insurance company, e-commerce company, SaaS player, records management company, you know, they're all our potential customers, right? And so that, yeah. that's who we sell to. Yeah. And as you said, I mean, these threats and the, the people that are are making the attacks are just going to continue to get more and more sophisticated. 
And as software like yours rolls out and becomes more accessible, it will be something that, you know, even smaller companies will be able to really leverage highly powerful software and tools to be able to protect themselves. At least that's the hope, right? And you clearly have a deep understanding and you spent a lot of time learning and understanding artificial intelligence, cybersecurity, startups in general, which you have a lot of experience with. How do you view and approach learning and, and how has making the effort to really go deep and learn something at that deep level where you understand it well and you understand it fully allowed you to succeed in business and in life in general? Yeah, yeah. I think that's, that's a great question there, TJ, because I think like any domain for that matter, as you already sort of, you know, surmise life in general, and that's very true. Um, I think you need to start understanding things at a level of depth beyond the surface. You you need to have an understanding of not only the domain and, you know, how it works and what it is built off and, you know, what are the drawbacks and how you use it and leverage it. So there's obviously the sort of theoretical understanding and, you know, deep knowledge that you have to build, but you also have to get a lot more organic sense in terms of what's the applicability, what are the limiting boundary conditions, uh, what can be done, what is challenging enough that it's worthwhile to chase, but at the same time, it's doable, right? Because there are many things today that we can go on listing that are challenging enough, right? That should be done, you know, for example, yeah, should we travel beyond Mars to the next galaxy? Yeah, probably we should, right? Can we do climate change, you know, solution by this end of this year? Well, probably we should, right? But the question is, can we do it, right? And so that's when the question becomes to the next phase of, is it doable? Is it feasible, right? And so I think like when you get deeper into understanding a domain and you start studying it at that level of depth where you start understanding what it's built of, you know, what's premised on this, you know, what is really the limiting factor. I think it allows you to then start looking at that more from the problem solving standpoint. It allows you to kind of then translate that into what's doable today and what may become possible tomorrow. What's the piece that will give me a victory over the next three months and actually help me solve maybe a part of that sliver of that problem of the big ambitious goal, but at least take me in that right direction and then, you know, what all foundational things I may need to do over the next multiple months, you know, multiple multiple years sometimes, that would then lead me to that ultimate goal, right? And this is, I think, like the way certainly in businesses that becomes a very real reality where you're starting thinking in terms of, you know, your goals out five years out, what you want to accomplish this year, you know, what you want to do over the next set of weeks and days. Uh, but also, like you said, life at large, right? For example, if you want to really build skills at anything, right? You want to get really good at anything. Well, you got to have a plan and you got to go deeper in it. You got to try things out. And you have to then, of course, you know, go at a theoretical way at it, you know, maybe even get a, a mentor or a tutor to teach you some of those, right? And sometimes those mentors and tutors can be online and they can be, you know, online materials and books and what have you, but you still have to lean on those. And then you've got to experiment and play with it, right? That's the next part of going deeper where you actually get an organic sense, where you you build that, uh, you know, those sort of feedback loop by having tried it. It's the experiential learning, if you may, in other words, right? That you really have to get deeper into. So I have really been a big fan of that. I kind of enjoy that also at some level, you know, just learning. I think that's part of my personality. Um, that by itself gives me immense amounts of pleasure. So I think that's been helpful. But I think when we started Uno and even before that, and even the prior journeys, I think that has been a very conscious decision where before dealing and committing to a particular goal or committing to something as deep tech and as interesting and as, you know, sort of exciting and revolutionary as this, it's almost a prerequisite, I think. It's almost becomes extremely important to say, well, get a good handle of it. Make sure you understand it fully. Uh, make sure not only that you understand it well, but you also understand how to go about doing it, right? And then it just gives you more confidence, gives you the right sort of, you know, plan in place and gives you the right sort of action items, if you may, in terms of where to start and you know, how to kind of go about doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Having that deep level of understanding also really allows you to live life by design or go into a new business venture or project in a way where you are actually designing how you want to move forward rather than simply reacting to what life throws at you or what you know the business world, the challenges of the project, the challenges that come up through the venture that you're going down. 
inevitably those things are going to come up. But when you have an actual plan and you've done the work to go deep and understanding where you want to go and the challenges that may present themselves along the way, you're going to have a lot better outcomes, at least more often than not, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And and the beauty is like when you try to go deep and work anything at a deep level for that matter, it's not that it's guaranteed success or it's always positive, but you certainly collect a ton of learnings. So yeah. even if you go deep and then it doesn't turn out to be what you thought or what you expected it to be, that's fine too. You know, at the end of the journey, you still become quite literally more, you know, like wiser than where you were before that, uh, you know, yeah. that the beginning of that journey. And uh, you walk out with with multiple learnings, right? Like you walk out with not only understanding domain well, but that experience teaches you a lot. Um, you perhaps also it shapes you in a way in terms of what next to go and explore, right? And And learning and exploration and just, you know, trying to get a handle of anything is an iterative process. So I think the more you do it, the better you get at doing it. You know, it's kind of like a sort of a funny uh, reality, but you know, that's how it is, right? Just about with everything in life, right? Like the more you do it, the more you learn, the more you want to do it. And then you more you do it and the more you learn. So it's like a very virtuous cycle that builds on, you know, trying to get deep into anything. Yeah, you got to practice. So a bit of a segue here, part of succeeding in business, but especially in the startup world of of Silicon Valley, I would imagine is about making connections and developing valuable relationships. So how do you go about nurturing relationships? And do you have any advice for people who are looking to grow their network? They're looking to surround themselves with people who can really help push them forward and, and make a greater impact in whatever that they're trying to do. Yeah, I mean, 100%. You know, at the end of the day, a startup, you know, here in Silicon Valley, for sure, and I think in general anywhere, yeah, is is largely a people business. Now, as much as, as odd as it sounds, having coming from a very deep tech company background, mm-hmm. and, you know, even that's something that I'm doing today. Absolutely, your product is important. Your offering is important. And, you know, sometimes like in our case, it's deep tech. In somebody else's case, it might be some deep knowledge of something, right? Or some special advantage in terms of, you know, the kind of services they offer, but in each of these cases, ultimately, a startup is a people business. And what I mean by that is, you know, how do you build your company? Well, you go at it with your team. So, you know, you have your team. As a team, you guys, you know, the, the team builds the product. The team delivers to promise. The team conceives things together. The teams imagines, you know, what should be done. Uh, then you've got your customers, right? The customers who trust you early on the customers who then become your champions, uh, then they are the investors, right? And then there are various other members of the community, right? Like your mentors, your external partners. In each of these cases, it's really about people, right? Because when you start a business, you really have nothing. All you have is you and maybe a couple of other people with you, right? So what you're really offering out there is your earnestness and you know yourself, which is basically your personal uh, things that you bring to the table. And I think that, you know, everything kind of builds on top of it. And then you, of course, grow and, you know, expand that beyond just the initial set to more people in your ecosystem. So I think like going back to what you're saying, um, it's absolutely necessary. I won't even say that it's nice to have or, you know, it's good to have. It's absolutely necessary to have very strong relationships uh, when you're going at any business or any ambitious project whatsoever, even if it's like a not-for-profit project that you want to establish or anything else for that matter. I think it's very important to have those relationships and human connections. Now, my my advice, my general advice, and again, you know, it's everyone, you speak to three people and I'm sure you'll get five different ideas of how to go build relationships. Yeah. Uh, but my advice is really very informed by my own experiences, right? Experiences that have worked well for me and experiences that I've really enjoyed, right? And so I think like the way to build relationships, at least in my opinion, needs to be both conscious and I think it needs to be something that needs to be done over a period of time, right? And what I mean by that as a way of example is um, you have to put yourself out there to go and help people, to get to meet people, to learn about them, to understand who they are, and it could happen in various different ways. It could be social settings. It could be in conferences. It could be just participating in some joint events. It could be getting introduced through somebody and then, you know, making the time and effort to go meet them. 
Uh, in each of these cases, I think the intent should be to go and try and understand the person, not so much transactional, but you know, just let's try and understand who this person is, what motivates them, what are they doing, what can I learn from them, you know, what experiences have they had that can help me become, you know, a, a, a better person, you know, just like open up my worldview and you know, just uh, get get on to more things that I may have, uh, you know, not thought of. So I think once you start doing that consciously over a period of time, you will start noticing the excitement around the, the people that you may already may be either connected with or could potentially connect with. And then you will start seeking more and more. Right? And for me, at least that worked quite a bit over the years, because I think I had good success and good enjoyment in doing that. And so I kept on meeting newer people sometimes, in fact, most of the times with zero expectations, because yeah. I was not even sure whether we could do business together or I could work for them or they could work for me or they could become my customers or investors or just friends. 90% of the time there was zero expectation, but I got to meet a lot of people and I would just keep meeting a lot more people. And every conversation I think enriched me. It would give me new perspective. It gave me new ideas and just the pleasure of, you know, just getting to know some, some other interesting stories and, you know, interesting experiences that people have gone through. So I think that's one thing I would I would very strongly recommend for anyone out there, I think entrepreneurial or otherwise, it's important to build those relationships, find time, you know, make the effort to go and meet people in your ecosystem and keep expanding it. The, okay. the, second, the second part of that puzzle is also that it cannot be just one single interaction, right? And this is something that sometimes becomes difficult in our modern times where everyone's so busy, right? And each one's got their own lives that is keeping them extremely uh, you know, sort of focused on their own objectives, their own things. So it gets very difficult to make that kind of time where you can meet somebody over and over again, unless there is something very specific. You have the same group, you've got a more close relationship or something going. But I do feel that I think relationships are built over a period of time, right? And so, um, you know, there's in fact somebody, I can't remember who, but there is somebody in his blog post who had written a very interesting thing that most relationships are lines, not dots, right? And I think like that's a very good way to think about it because, you know, you get to know people every time you meet them over a period of time, you kind of understand the person more and understand the person better as opposed to one single transactional meeting, right? And you get to see different parts of their personality and you get to know them a little bit more at a human level, right? And so I highly encourage, I think like wherever possible, it's important to build those relationships where there is a certain level of mutual trust that comes in. Uh, part of it also happens, I feel, very genuinely and not because you need something in return or you want something in return, but offering up your own, own self for anything that could be useful to others, right? It could be anything. Sometimes people just need somebody that they want to talk to. Sometimes it could be a skill of yours that they could come handy for them. Sometimes it could be, you know, your perspective that's valuable for them to make a decision, right? But I think the more you offer up your own sort of time and energy, you will see that I think there's a lot of deeper relationship because then they also offer up and you open up and you get to know people. And I think this sort of relationship business, if you may, over a period of time becomes your support system, right? Yeah. So that's, that's something that I, that's what I would suggest really in this case. And that certainly has worked for me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you bring all the points that that I would recommend too. Is you have to put yourself out there. You've got to find the communities, whether that's online, in person at conferences or or events, finding the opportunities where you can get in front of the people and build the relationships with the people that are ultimately going to be meaningful for you. And then not going into it with that transactional mentality, not going in with the expectation that you're going to try to get something out of it but rather trying to nurture those long-term relationships on a foundation of providing value yourself, like going into every conversation, going, leaving every conversation while trying to do something to help them, whether that's making a connection, sharing your own experience, knowledge, expertise, whatever the case may be, the more that you can give, the more you're going to gain from that relationship in the long run and the more it's going to be, you know, withstanding and lead to something that is long-term and can withstand the test of time. 100%. Absolutely. I think that's where the, the strongest bonds, the most organic relationships get formed. Yeah. So you've had your fair share of, of wins in the business world, but I'm sure most of these have not been overnight successes. They took incremental progress over time to achieve, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think the, the, 
sort of flip side of, um, you know, a lot of celebration of entrepreneurship and celebration of startup success is that uh, as a society, I don't think it's any individual in particular, we tend to celebrate a lot more the wins, right? We tackle, yeah. we we don't often talk about the struggles or the downsides or, you know, perhaps the losses, right? Now, if you start looking at, um, and I can, I will speak a little bit to my own story, but, you know, just as a sort of precursor to that, if you look at a larger um, bunch of entrepreneurial phase, um, they really also pan out pretty much like a normal distribution in the sense that, yes, there are some big success stories. There are some moderate success stories, some kind of a just around break even and yeah, life happened. In other cases, it's a loss. And then there are cases where there's a massive loss, right? Entrepreneurship actually just didn't pan out for some people at all for whatever reason, right? Sometimes a macro condition, things didn't work out, you know, whatever it is, right? It could be an internal implosion because whatever, you know, the founders didn't get along well, they ran out of money, something happened, right? Like, so all those possibilities happen. But I think the the way to look at entrepreneurship and what has really worked for me is that I think you have to start looking at it less from a success standpoint, but more from a journey standpoint. And oftentimes, for any success that that occurs, there are plenty of other failures and twists and turns that have come along the way, right? So, for example, with my own things, I've been on multiple entrepreneurial journeys. Um, some just didn't pan out at all properly, right? Like some, in fact, they were big, promising, adventurous, exciting things when we got started with it, uh, but they really didn't pan out, right? They didn't they didn't turn out to be the way we thought they would be. In some other cases, honestly, I think you know one wasn't that excited or hopeful about possibilities but then you know that really panned out that became the real possibilities and you know one was able to grow on top of it so i think like the the key part that i have learned is that there are there are two things that are super important one you have to be at it for a decent a long period of time there is there's no such thing as overnight success um there always are some odd stories here and there where people have just had that you know, home run on their first at bat, but uh, you know that's that's really that really happens. You got to get a lot of hits, hits after hits after hits after hits and misses. You know, and then eventually, sure, you start getting consistently a few home runs, right? And yeah. so, uh, it's a it's a build up, right? Like it kind of happens over a period of time, and you know, then again, even when you are in your peak, there could be seasons and times when you could become out of form or things just don't pan out for you. But if you walk in with that expectation, like now I do where you say, well, it's a journey, right? So I need to go and keep getting better at getting my hits. But if I miss it, that's fine, right? I don't need to get any emotional baggage or too caught up in it. I just need to pick my lessons from there, quick lessons, and keep iterating and keep at it. Keep hustling through it, if you may, in other words. Um, I think you eventually get to a point where it looks more like success, right? For everybody and for anybody. So I think there's definitely a elapsed time and iterative effort. That is a very big part of this puzzle. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can have all the motivation in the world, but unless you put in the reps, unless you set up the systems and make the efforts and attempts to reach your goals, motivation is is meaningless. It's going to fizzle away over time and you have to get going and get into action and have those failures, whether they're small or large, to ultimately find the success that you want to have. So I'm curious, when you're working on a new project or you're going down that path along that journey, what does that look like for you? Do you have a process that you follow for establishing the the habits and the consistent action that you need in order to move forward on something continually? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've got now sort of nailed that down after so many different years of trying to do that. I think what works for me is that uh, there are there are essentially two parts to this puzzle. One part is a uh, very clear definition, right? And so what I tend to do is I tend to have this longer term goal, like make sure that the North Star, you know, the big humongous goal that we're trying to chase is well defined. Um, and that's usually goes hand in hand with more exact plans that are doable more today and over the next few weeks and next few days. And this whole sort of, you know, the, the two sides of this puzzle where you're looking at it from a standpoint of the big goal, which keeps you motivated, which keeps you excited for the, you know, the exciting sort of, you know, uh, climb to the summit, if you may, right? Like that's what gets you going every day. Um, You still have to um, let it unfold on a day-to-day, hour-by-hour basis. And that's where the second part becomes very important. Uh, Many a times I've seen that 
for entrepreneurs, the two don't click in the sense either they have this humongous goal, but they don't break it down into these exact weekly, daily achievables, you know, very clear plans, very clear goals. And then it becomes very fuzzy because then they get very confused uh, in terms of how we're going to get there, right? Like what's the path to getting there? And it can really become sometimes um, also a reason for demotivation because after having put a lot of effort over a certain period of time, you feel like I don't even know if I've made progress, right? So therefore the second part of the puzzle where you have more detailed things chalked out and planned out, which are the little wins, you know, the small victories, the little bites, I think you have very tangible sort of thing to weigh against and say, hey, am I doing well? Am I getting in the right direction? Do I need to change course? Do I need to go faster? Does it feel good, right? So like that allows you to kind of think through that. And I quite do that very consciously. Uh, in fact, so consciously that that's one of my, uh, you know, sort of weekly things to do. I would really have some reflection time on the weekend, see how the last week was, set some clear goals for the following week, and then also have some more intermediate goals. And I encourage everybody in the team also to do that. And then we measure ourselves against that from a standpoint of, again, just getting feedback, right? While we also keep talking about and reinforcing about the big humongous goal, because sometimes the other bit can also happen where you get very sucked in into those small little tasks, totally forgetting what is it that you had started on this journey for, right? Like yeah. you totally forget that there is this big summit to really go. And, you know, there's there's a lot of things to be done, right? So, so that I think management of the big picture and the small picture, Right. And then dynamically managing it certainly sort of helps. And, you know, we do that today. I've done that over the years and I quite like that. I think like it helps me understand uh, on an ongoing basis. Yeah. The, what, gets, what gets measured gets managed. So you have to have those systems in place. A hundred percent, hundred percent. Exactly. Right. So I think like, so those are, those are like super critical. And I think I do that very, you know, very much uh, as a part of habit and, you know, very much as a part of discipline. Now, there is, a, there is a second part to that, which may sound marginally contradictory, but uh, something that has worked for me as well is that I do take out time at least once every quarter to kind of question the basic assumptions. Yeah. Now, this may seem a little funny, like, hey, if you have the big goal and you're doing all the planning, why do you need to question your assumptions? Like, you know, why why does that even fit in? Um, what I have seen is that oftentimes when you are starting any company or a big ambitious adventurous project um, very quickly, I think very quickly within the next, you know, initial days or months, you fall in love with it, right? Like that becomes your passion project. And that's a good thing because, you know, if you're passionate about it and you love it, you're going to put the time, effort, energy, and the excitement, but also it has a flip side that you increasingly start getting a little blindsided. You uh, you start shutting yourself off from the fact that maybe I need to look at it differently from time to time and question our assumptions, or maybe I need to add a certain other dimension to this whole project to make it really come to life, right? The way that I had originally envisioned. So I think having that, um, you know, quarterly in our case, but it could be anything for, you know, anybody else. It could be monthly, it could be once a year. I think just having that conscious time block where you sit back and say, well, we made these assumptions. Does it still make sense? Right. Are we on the right path? Right. And it could be anything. The assumptions could be around the product. It could be around customer expectations, but it could be around the market itself. It could be around the people and, you know, the, the success of your team um, and do it more openly and share about it openly. Right. So if you do that, I think it allows you to, again, sort of go back and reset both your you know, small plans and also sometimes your ambitious goal. You know, maybe now after a few months in, you might feel like we could go even farther, more can be achieved. Or you know what, in order to get there to the big goal, it's more difficult than we originally thought. So we got to go harder at it or take a different route or try something else out, right? And yes. I think like that becomes very conscious activity for sure. Yeah. So in our conversations leading up to this interview, you mentioned that your personal experiences have taught you that the journey itself is the reward. And that really resonated with me because ever since, man, I guess since I graduated college, I've been on this insane journey, a journey that has taken me around the world, meeting incredible people, struggling a lot at times, but ultimately finding a tribe that has helped me to grow leaps and bounds and, you know, both personally and professionally step into my own. So I often reflect on the fact that the journey itself is 
and has been so much more of a prize to me than any amount of money that I've made or, or recognition that I've received. So I'm curious about what you've learned so far in your journey about the true reward of achieving success in entrepreneurship. What brings you the most joy? And from what I've seen from you, it's it's not the money or fame. So what is that ultimate gift that the journey rewards you with? And what do you think people miss when it comes to appreciating the journey they are on with their business? Yeah, I think it's a, I'm, I'm so glad. I think we're very aligned also on this, uh, that you brought this up. Um, the The reality is that, uh, you know, there would be, of course, wins and losses like we spoke about. But wins and losses aren't something that really stays with you for a long period of time, either one of them, right? Yeah. They would give you a little pleasure, a little excitement for that evening or that day or that week. And, you know, then it's back in the blur because you got to yeah. move on and you got to do your next thing, right? Uh, likewise with both. So I think the, uh, the the clear thing that I have taken away over the years is that, sure, you know, whether it's monetary reward or professional sort of recognition, all of them will come and go, right? And you will look at them differently depending on the phase you are in, you know, the, the stage of life you are in, um, you know, the, the, the path along your entrepreneurial journey you are in. But I think what really stays with you all along is the interesting experiences that you pick on. And in my case, I think the experiences could even be more sort of, you know, tangibly thought of in terms of all the interesting people interactions I've had, the, you know, the, lots of interesting people that I've got a chance to work with, incredibly smart people, creative people, um, the fun problems that I've had the opportunity to solve and think about and surmise about and solve, uh, the challenges that have even given me at times an absolute roller coaster experience, you know, which at the time is not fun. <laughs> Let me be honest, right? Like when you have those days when things aren't really panning out or, you know, it's the whole day with mixed emotions, you know, great start, a big downer during the middle of the day, and then you kind of feel like you're barely alive at the end of it because things are not panning out and you have thought through. But, you know, having gone through these, when you look back and reflect, I think they are actually fun because that's what ends up making you who you are, right? You start collecting all these, They're almost like the little trinkets, if you may, your experiences that you start collecting. And I think you start cherishing them, right? You start cherishing them in terms of stories and tales that you have lived through, right? In terms of problems that you've solved, in terms of people that either you were touched by or you touched, right? And uh, and sometimes you reconnect. In fact, oftentimes you reconnect and then you have great moments just rethinking about that for small blips of time, right? And so I just feel like I think it has happened to me over the years. And I have really taken that away as the biggest win out of this entrepreneurial journey. I think it happens to everyone every day, by the way, entrepreneurial or otherwise, because you, of course, live your life and you interact. What entrepreneurship really does is it accelerates that. It's almost that same thing on steroids. You know what I mean? Like it's like 100x of what you would experience otherwise, because let's say you were at a regular job in a more nine to five type situation. You're not pressured every year to think about your profitability or am I making money? Yeah. Are my customers happy? Where will I get you know things going for the next month? You're not necessarily thinking all of those, right? But as an entrepreneur, you're forced to think. And I just feel like that's what accelerates your entire experience in terms of these, you know, all these different sort of things that you collect. And then in hindsight, after a little while, uh, weird as it may sound, you start enjoying them. In some sense, if you, like, that's why there's also this whole saying that, you know, most entrepreneurs after a while become unemployable because when they go to a more standard regimented type of a setup, they find it marginally boring because now it becomes, hey, where's my, all the challenges and experiences that I was gathering every day, they have reduced substantially. I need more of them, right? So so I think there's a bit of that and just bringing, coming back to the topic that you mentioned that uh, I, certainly that has worked for me. You know, today, after having been on this journey for so long, I just love all the experiences I've collected, all the people I've gotten to know, all the problems I've solved, all the little impact I've made, all the different things that I have learned, I think it's just incredible fun. You know, like that's the bigger reward than everything else that may have happened from a professional or monetary and other standpoint. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's a refreshing reminder for me to, you know, take a pause when things are challenging and when they're going well to really just like take that in and enjoy the moment. One of my mottos is, is living life one adventure at a time. And part of that is just really 
being present and not getting caught up in the end goal or the failure or the success, but really just appreciating everything that's around me or around us rather. So man, Shashank, I, as we wrap up, I have a choose your own adventure question for you. So this will be a fun one and you can pick however you'd like to answer it. So what's been a favorite place that you visited recently or, or in the past, or, or what is a recent adventure that you went on? And in either case, what was so memorable about it? Did you learn anything from the experience? What was your favorite meal or drink that you had? Who were you with? Give us some of the details. Absolutely. Yeah. So I love traveling the world. You know, I just have really cherished and enjoyed it over the years, sometimes for personal things, sometimes for work. Um, but I've certainly collected a lot of these experiences, right, from travel. And travel is just incredible at large. You know, it's... Uh, I think it's both a great uh, way to kind of unwind sometimes. It's also a great way to learn, right? An accelerated way to learn by experience. Totally. Now, lately, of course, unfortunately, there hasn't been much travel, right? Like pandemic and beyond, I think we were all a little bit more local, a little bit more cooped up. Yeah. Um, but before that, I've had some incredible experiences, both traveling nationwide, you know, across the United States, but also internationally. Um just broadly before I talk about the specific one or two trips that I did a little while back, you know, about two, three years back now. Uh, but I think I really enjoy when I'm traveling here nationwide in the United States. Um, I love that our country has so much of fantastic outdoors to offer. I'm just like oh, yeah. a big outdoors person. I just love it. There's And there's just so much variety, right? So I'm based in California. California itself has a ton of interesting outdoors the Midwest has a ton, South has so many, East Coast has so many. It's just like a country so rich with so many different interesting yeah. outdoors. It's just incredible, right? Like so there's no end to it. It's so yeah. diverse and there's no end to it. You can always find the next one, right? Like that you yeah. can enjoy. So I really love that. Um, now going back to the interesting trip. So I think that one that I found extremely fascinating and part of the fascination is also because it was totally new for me was a trip I made to Africa about three years back now. Okay. And, uh, um, I, that was my first trip to Africa. So I'd never traveled to Africa before that. I've traveled quite a bit. I've traveled a ton to Asia and Europe and, you know, Middle East and in and around here in North America. But Africa was my first trip. So when I went there, I was both excited, right? But at the same time, I wanted to go and uh, explore, right? So I was in that adventurous mode. And I had gone actually for a business trip. So this was not a pleasure trip on a safari. It was a business trip. And I'd gone to Kenya in particular, and in uh, the thing that really got me uh, excited out there was the fact that there was just so much access to wildlife and beautiful outdoors, barely 30 minutes from the city was just amazing and unbelievable. Um, so, you know, most of the stuff that we tend to see here in terms of zoos and going out and, you know, um, sort of uh, finding that as um, educational and enriching is pretty much out there in the wild, very, very close by. So that's probably the last place on earth, I guess, where things are still sort of preserved yeah. uh, to an extent, right, in, in their raw form. So I quite cherished that. I quite enjoyed that. That was very refreshing. That was very exciting. I almost had a childlike experience of going, looking at things and, you know, getting thrilled looking at, uh, uh, you know, everything out there from from the wildlife out there to all the fauna to, you know, all the good stuff. And oh, then the other part that I also really enjoyed was, so there, um, I had really gone as an advisor uh, to a you know certain large fintech company out there, uh, but they were very gracious. They were extremely nice folks. You know, he was an entrepreneur himself who was very successful, well-known in Africa. And he, he made it a point that every day after long days of work, we would go and explore some local food. So, so we did a lot of local food exploration and I tried out a ton of dishes that, Despite all the ethnic cuisine we get here, uh, I don't think it's the same thing, right? Like you no, find in that country, it's very different. <laughs> uh, and I certainly got to try some interesting meats as well. You know, things from ostrich to a few other things, which I had never uh, tried before. So I think that was fun. I know that was, oh, that yeah. was really fun. Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed it. So it was truly one of those interesting trips because it was not meant to be a pleasure trip, but it ended up becoming one. <laughs> and it was very productive also from a work standpoint. So I think I really yeah. loved it. And I thought like, hey, I need to find more trips like this where not only do I end up doing good business and, you know, achieving the goal that I'm out there for, but also end up uh, getting to know more about the local people and you know the experiences and food and all of the fun stuff yeah um, so yeah so that was fun i think 
It's a good tie into the the previous question too. Just like stopping to to take in the world around you, even when you are on a business trip, taking that time to enjoy it and to experience the local culture. And one of my favorite things, experiencing the local food. Like, what a great way to to really dive in headfirst into the culture through the food. It is so fun and so delicious across the world. So I love that story. And as we wrap up here, what ask, challenge, or, or parting advice do you have for the community listening before I ask where people can find you online, socials, things like that? Yeah, well, I would just, you know, boil it down to a couple of things. Have fun. It's important to have fun, right? Like work hard, but also have fun. Make time to have fun. Um, you know, that's what life is about, right? So make sure that you give back, you learn, you connect with people and have fun in every way that makes you happy. Um, and the second part, I think, is like, you know, enjoy your journey. Don't try to wait for certain things to happen to you or, you know, certain milestones to be achieved. They will all come. It comes for everybody. They'll come for you as well. I feel like, you know, enjoy the today, enjoy the journey, you know, have fun in both the good outcomes and the challenging outcomes and, you know, learn with it and grow and, you know, just kind of uh, be on that, right? So like that would be my two cents, nothing more. Um and yeah, I think if you if you're focused on those, you will you will long you know last longer, and you will also end up really going down paths that uh, you may not have thought of originally, and you know it will it will lead to some interesting outcomes. Great advice, great advice. So Shashank, where where can people find you and support you online? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, our company website is uno.ai, which is u n o dot ai. So you can find stuff about us there on that website. Uh, I am on LinkedIn. Um, you can find me there on LinkedIn. You know, if you search for Shashank Tiwari, and uh, you know, I'm based in California. And if you also look with Uno AI, you will find me there. Um, add me in uh, if there's any way that I can be helpful. Uh, you know, certainly um, give me a shout out there. Um, I'm not super active on Twitter, but I do have a Twitter handle that I'm active off and on. So, you know, it's T-Shanky, T-S-H-A-N-K-Y on Twitter. And so uh, if you prefer and that's your destination, well, um, give me a shout there, right, on Twitter. Uh, those should be good to kind of find me online. Yeah, and we'll, we'll include links to to everything in the show notes for, for those of you listening. And Shashank, thank you so much. This has been incredibly insightful. I love your values. I feel like we're in alignment on, on so many things, especially on the adventure front and, and really appreciating the journey along the way. So I'm beyond grateful that, that you've joined me on the show and I'm looking forward to getting this out there for the community to listen to. So thank you again. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much again for having me on the show. I really enjoyed and um, absolutely thrilled to be here. I'm looking forward to continuing to follow your journey with Uno AI and whatever comes next down your path. Thank you. And likewise, I'm looking forward to you also taking your podcast to more listeners and your digital business growing and uh, you collecting your own experiences and sharing with everyone. Thanks, man. To all of our adventurous listeners, thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Please be sure to subscribe, download, and share this on social media or with someone you know will get some value from it. Leaving a review goes a long way in helping people find the show. And I personally appreciate reading them when they come in. So please go drop one if you have the time. We'll see you all next week. And remember, whether we're talking about business or the things that bring us joy outside of work, life is meant for exploring. So go out there and live it one adventure at a time.